Hi, this is Mike Hogan. Uh, welcome back to the Double Blue Podcast. This week, uh, Jeff Johnson is on assignment, uh, so we will do an extended interview with the general manager of the team, Jim Pop, and uh, one of the outstanding members of the defense is Akwazi Awusu Ansah. He'll join us as well. This is the Double Blue Podcast. Okay, welcome to episode six of the Double Blue Podcast. Mike Hogan with you. Jeff Johnson abducted by aliens this week. So uh, we've got a couple of people in, in the studio here, so to speak. Uh, Jim Pop's going to drop by in a couple of seconds. Uh, AK, Akwasi Usuansa, will join us as well. And this episode of the Double Blue Podcast is brought to you by Argos All Access, a loyalty platform that rewards Argo fans with contests, prizing, exclusive experiences all season long. Join for free today at argosallaccess.ca. And it is a pleasure to have the general manager of the Argos, Jim Pop, with me today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I've had uh, really enjoyed all your podcasts that you've done up to this point. I think oh, you're, you're, I think oh, you're, uh, you. I think you're outstanding at research wow. and the thank questions you. that you've asked. And, um, and I, I think you do an outstanding job. I've told several people, and I appreciate you having kind. me on. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm going to turn up the heat then. Today, uh -oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. uh, you're born in... Uh, and raised in Mooresville, North Carolina. Yep, I yep. I was bo born in North Carolina. Okay, and, uh, in a in a town. Uh, it's called Elkin, North. Oh, Carolina. okay, okay. And uh, but all three of us siblings were born in the same hospital, even though we all lived in different places. But my mom was raised in Jonesville, Elkin, North Carolina, and the hospital was in Elkin. Oh, okay, gotcha. And uh, okay. that's where I was born. But mm -hmm. uh, pretty much my. Uh, uh, from a little kid, really, from uh, fifth, five, six years old, I was raised in Mooresville. Yes. Okay. Yep. So in Mooresville, give me a depth chart in popularity of sports. <laughs> Football, NCAA basketball, NASCAR, pro wrestling. <laughs> well, you've hit them all. I, I, there's even pro bull riding, the top bull rider in the world in from, North Carolina. from Mooresville. <laughs> really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so uh, um, it, it's uh, it's very diverse area with athletics and it's grown leaps and bounds mm -hmm. um, where I'm from and uh, with the growth of Charlotte North Carolina we're 28 miles yeah. north we have a 650 mile shoreline lake north of Charlotte that's just outside of this small town at one time okay and uh, it's more than tripled or quadruple in size and and in the surrounding area has become over you know a hundred thousand people that was a little town of 12,000 that I grew up in. So uh, uh, everybody and their brothers moved there, mm -hmm. and um, a lot of a lot of businesses have moved in from all over uh, with the banking and medical profession that goes on in the Charlotte area. Mm -hmm. And uh, but um, sport-wise, um, football is huge, but ba it's basketball country for sure. Sure. Uh, NASCAR has always been there, and when it went kind of worldwide. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the drivers live in my hometown. You know, really? uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr., who's passed, yeah. set his empire up there. Oh, really? He, he grew up, and I grew up him being around. But, uh, you know, the Petties are from North Carolina. Uh, but, you know, Joe Gibbs is from North Carolina, you know, yeah. know, former football coach. He set up everything there. But, you know, just in my hometown, you got Dale Earnhardt Jr., who went to my high school. Mm -hmm. You got Danica Patrick. You got Kyle Bush. Some of the top world drivers all live in Mooresville, North Carolina. All their shops are there. Why? Uh, it, it, they, all, they all gathered around Dale Earnhardt. And okay. He, built, he put this massive shop in, and uh, in about 30 different race shops went in, in within a 10-mile radius. Mm -hmm. um, the back road from our hometown, which is now named Highway 3, 
after oh, Dale Earnhardt. Nice. Runs from there to the Concord Speedway, the Charlotte Motor yeah. Speedway, and you also pass the private airport that was put in, which all the drivers fly in and, uh, in and yeah. out of the private airport, but they all do all their testing at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So it's a very easy access um, Did you ever back have the- road, and, and people, you know, they, they go unnoticed. Let's put it that way. I'm sure you had the football bug early. For those who don't know, who was Joe Pop? <laughs> Joe Pop, um, my dad is from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. I grew up very blue collar, uh, very ethnic. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, was a f- three-sport uh, all-star in the state of Pennsylvania. All, all three-sport? All, all state and three sports, wow. football, basketball, baseball. Wow. Uh, was recruited by – about everybody mm-hmm. uh, went on a recruiting visit down to North Carolina to uh, NC State. Uh, one of his coaches uh, was at a small college, which is considered small today, but they played at the same level as NC State okay. in North Carolina, all these schools at Catawba Colleges in Salisbury, North okay. Carolina. And they went over and drove and got him in Raleigh, brought him over, and he felt comfortable, and he signed there to play football and basketball. Mm-hmm. And he's um, in their Hall of Fame to this day. But my dad started out as a high school football coach. Uh, the w- reason we live in Mooresville, North Carolina, is because one of his stops early in his career as a young man, he met my wife coaching in, in Jonesville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and ended up at Winston-Salem and ended up in Mooresville, North Carolina, as a high school football coach, okay. won a state championship, mm-hmm. and went directly from there as a college football coach at the University of North Carolina. And then mm-hmm. spent years in NCAA yeah. football. Then started getting into pro football, um, different leagues, mm-hmm. not just then. He ended up in the NFL, but this he the worked the World yeah. Football League. He scouted for several teams, including the Steelers. Uh, ended up in the NFL and, and working with different places. But ended up in the Cleveland Browns, where he he last coached. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, just a tremendous, tremendous people person. I uh, had a great way with people to this day. You know, even as a high school coach, he was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And the influence that he's had on people was just phenomenal. But, uh, you know, between my mom and dad, you know, <laughs> it, it uh, I was just a very fortunate young man to have, you know, different uh, – the family that we have, my brother and sister to this day. They, My mom and dad have passed. But yeah. um, just tremendous people that taught you the uh, work ethic – and, and how hard you had to work and not to take anything for granted and not to get anything for free mm-hmm. and really have those blue-collar roots and uh, uh, very fortunate. Yeah. My dad worked on uh, on the Great Lakes on a freighter his whole life, and then yeah. uh, he became a, a maritime historian. I didn't yeah. get that gene, so, right? Yeah. So that was his passion. He was great yeah. at it, but I didn't get the same love. And I don't know if it just didn't interest me or I wanted to establish myself in right. something different. You're listening to the Double Blue Podcast here on TSN 1050. Our guest is Jim Pop. Was there a time you wanted to veer away from football because your dad was so successful at it, or was this something that you have done since you were knee-high to a grasshopper and just loved it from day one? Well, you know, I, my dad was an athlete. Uh, I, was, I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. I, I was a God-gifted athlete growing up. Things came very easy to me. Whatever I picked up to do, mm-hmm. uh, I had success at it, and I could go through multiple sports, <laughs> but... Um, I came through high school playing four sports, not three. Mm-hmm. I played football, basketball, baseball, and golf. Okay. And um, was 
you know, I was all conference. I was all state and things. I was really. I had a scholarship offer in all four sports. I was really? recruited to go as a pro athlete in baseball right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things were there. I, I wanted to go to Michigan State. You know, I figured that out my to senior play what? year. To, well, at that stage, I was getting so much attention in football. Okay. You know, I, I'm obviously not the tallest person, so basketball was at smaller schools. Mm-hmm. Golf was at, you know, at uh, different schools. Baseball, I could go to Michigan State and still play. Okay. Um, so I took the football route, and, mm-hmm. and I got a full scholarship to Michigan State. And, uh, but I was also to play baseball there, too. Okay. And unfortunately, my, uh, I was redshirted my freshman year. And then that spring, we, the coach, because it was his first recruiting class, um, required us to go through spring ball and not play baseball. There were several. Oh, there was a couple okay. of other ones that had the same option, and I tore my knee up really bad. I, I tore three ligaments. Oh, jeez. And uh, and I'd never been injured as an athlete. And and in that so, era, the surgery was a little bit different than it is yeah, now. Yeah, and I'm very fortunate. I had a tremendous surgery. I didn't realize how great he was at the time, but mm-hmm. this is the guy. At, was one of the first to do arthroscopic surgeries. He, he's the guy that did it first time and ever did it to Walter, for Walter Payton. And, mm-hmm. and um, so you knew you had a good one as you really understood. And he was the doctor there until he retired. But, I mean, you know, 25, 30 years later, he was still there until recently as their mm-hmm. doctor. Wow. But, uh, his name was Herb Ross. And, um, but, you know, I had an unbelievable experience at Michigan State, the learning, the people I was around. Um, and even the want to go there is kind of a, I try not to get too long. It was a fascinating story, but my dad comes from a family of nine kids Mm -hmm. and he's the oldest, uh, several siblings, all his brothers are in football coaching and, uh, and playing. I went on scholarship somewhere, but my, my one uncle, Bob, uh, went to Michigan state, still lived in the area. Um, I don't know why Michigan state stuck in my head other than for this reason. I was fortunate as a kid, I got to go to football camps and I got sure. to stay at Steeler camp mm-hmm. uh, before they even won a Super Bowl. <laughs> I was there with John Stallworth and Lynn Swan as rookies. Nice. I was around all these people and I was there for, but we'd go to Steeler camp, I'd stay in camp and then we'd go visit Uncle Bob and Aunt Barb and, and uh, they still lived in Lansing, Michigan, East Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. And um, owned a bar and restaurant and we'd go visit and he'd take, he'd take us into Spartan Stadium. And I was at all, you know, 80,000-seat stadium. And, and I guess it stuck in my head. And when Magic Johnson then won the national yeah. championship basketball, was- Michigan State, you know. And I, my dream was to play in a Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I let them know I was interested. They recruited me, got a full scholarship. That's how I ended up in Michigan, you know, from the yeah. state of North yeah. Carolina. You're listening to the Double Blue Podcast here on TSN 1050. Our guest is Jim Pop. So, so, so the, the, you, you hurt the knee. But you want to stay in the sport then, obviously. Yeah. At what point did you say to the university, you know, is, is there an opportunity? Uh, your first coaching job was a GA, I assume? At, uh, yeah, at, at, I at actually was a – it was really a GA job, but I was still an undergraduate student because what had taken place is that when I was injured, it took about a year to recover. Sure. And um, so I missed that redshirt sophomore year or freshman year, however you describe it, and coming back into the spring the following year. But, you know, it was a good year or a little more than a year when I started ball back. Mm-hmm. But during that time, I was with great coaches. So my position coach was Nick Saban. 
So nice, you know. So that's all right. Yeah. So I was I was with I can keep going on all the names. So I was there with Coach Saban. So I actually monitored. He, you know, he they let me monitor them as a player. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I started playing again. And then I got to. I felt it was easier back then. You know, coming off a severe knee, of uh, being the athlete that I was, is I could dictate where I was going instead of reacting to somebody. Okay. So I ended up flipping over and playing receiver. Oh, okay. And so, you know, and I'm with great receivers. You know, I, I played with uh, two 10-year all-pros and Mark Ingram and, and Andre Risen. You know, so nice. here I am with them. So we were – we for, were Former Argo yeah, Andre yeah. Risen. So here – and we were a running team. We didn't even throw the ball. So yeah. we had Lorenzo White as tailback. Oh, jeez. And wow. we were – you know, we were student we were body right and student yeah. body left. And that's what we did. And every once in a while I threw a pass. But um, – you know, so I never really played a, a whole lot at all, and but I had an unbelievable experience, and and unfortunately, you know, a, a knee injury set me back of probably being as as best I could be. But in my head, my whole life, I was going to be a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to be, mm-hmm. and um, and I think because of the whole mechanism that went went on, went on in my final semester, I had gotten so far ahead in school. I I was the first one to graduate out of our class. I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea how, how much classes or schooling I did. I was doing internships in the off season. Coming back for football, I had worked harder than I ever had in my yeah. life with that injury. And as a kid, and even growing up, coming through high school, my dad used to always say, "You're going to be great in this business, or you're going to do great, or you could be a great coach, or you could be something in this business." He must have saw something. Yeah. I guess that's set in my head, too. So when I'm going through this, it got to where my uh, counselor said, you know, you can graduate in the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is three and a half years in. And I decided that fall, you know what, I want to go into coaching mm-hmm. because I'm going to finish up here. So I sat down with the head coach and the position coaches, and, and then I – that's what I did that fall. Mm-hmm. And I got a job instantly right out of school after doing that student coaching at the University of North Carolina. So you go home, you get that, you go to the Citadel after yep. that. So you get, you get a little bit of NCAA experience. I did. And then Saskatchewan. Well, I actually went to NFL Europe in between. Oh, there. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, so I, I – Well, I, uh, I was with the Raleigh-Durham Skyhawks. So mm-hmm. this is – it was World League of American Football. Right. You know, Montreal had the yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was – they were all U, uh, uh, U.S. teams. Okay. No, I'm sorry. It was a split. We were U.S. and Europe. Yeah. And so we got the we had to travel back and forth. It was the craziest thing. But Roman Gabriel was the head coach. My favorite so, player as a kid. There you go. So I'm an Eagles fan because I was a Rams fan yeah. because of him. When he got traded, I became yeah. an Eagles fan. So he loved was Roman Gabriel. Roman Gabriel and brilliant, brilliant man, mm-hmm. brilliant man. But we we had a team for like five months. You know, it was put together <laughs> at the last second, and then it it folded because back yeah. then it wasn't ran by the NFL. It was ran by owners. Yeah. And George Shin was the owner who owned the, the Charlotte Hornets basketball team. But after one season, it went away. So I'm out of a job. And then I read about a new football league starting up that was going to rival this, this World League of America. Now, which, what year and is it was, this? This is 91. Okay. And then – so I went and helped develop a – new football team from the 91 to 92 season, new football league, I'm sorry, called the uh, World um, you, um, Professional Spring Football League, PSFL. Okay. And so I spent eight months in the Meadowlands 
living with Walt Michaels, former head coach. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and go yeah. on and on. Met a lot of Jet people. And by working there as a consultant uh, to get this football league going in the league office, they asked me if I would be the director of player personnel. This is how I got into the personnel side of things. Do so you I have s- any interest in that? Honestly, do you have any interest or did you just want to stay a coach? Well, you know, at the time, it was like fascinating because mm-hmm. I had not done that. Yeah. But I had sit there and actually help piece a team together in NF- or, or go through the whole aspect of recruiting with the World League of American Football because it was a startup league. Mm-hmm. So I went startup, and then here's another startup. And then I was in control of like 30 staff members, coaches running football camps around the country. Mm-hmm. and had a blast. <laughs> it was a great time. And I met on that, doing that, and we were having crazy number. I mean, I'm talking, people don't believe this, but – one camp was 650 people. We had a Come camp in, in Dallas, Texas, at North Te- at Texas University. And then we had a camp in Tampa, Florida, at the University of Tampa, 1,100 people showed up. This is the truth. So I'm in, I'm in North Texas, and a guy from this league named Dan Rambo yeah, sure. stops by and goes, man, he goes, I'm impressed with what you're doing. He goes, things don't work out. Here's my card. Call me. Mm-hmm. So we go through the whole aspect of the professional spring football league, we have we're out in Vegas for a week. We draft ten teams. I was responsible for finding a thousand players. Each team was <laughs> signed a, th- a hundred guys. My and lord! Lo- and, and lo and behold, three weeks into it, practicing folds. Yeah. I called Dan Rambo. Dan Rambo goes, and I had no idea who Dan Rambo was other than he flipped me a card. Yeah. And he goes, Jim, you know, uh, I've already hired my people here in Ottawa. He had just gone to be the GM in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And no idea he had ties to Saskatchewan. He goes, but I do know a team. He needs a personnel director. I said, okay, you mind if I pass your name? Great. So I get the call from, from Al Ford, mm-hmm. who is their president yeah. slash GM. And he wants me to talk to their coach, who is Don Matthews. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know Don, but we had worked in the World League of American Football together because yeah. he was in Orlando. Yeah. But he instantly went to Sask and so they bring me up for an interview, and I spend three days there in the middle of – I didn't know what was going on. NCAA basketball's going on. Couldn't get a game, and curling's going on. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on. But I go home, and next thing I get a call, and, and they offer me the job, and they ask me when I could be there, and I said, when do you want me there? And they're like, now. Mm-hmm. And so I hooked up a U-Haul to a car, drove three days, 12 hours a day, and I arrived in the Canadian Football League, and I've never left. So it's, it's, a, it's a crazy deal. <laughs> what was your initial impression of the Don initially? Well, coach was coach. You know, I, I got <laughs> off the plane, and um, probably because I was out of a job at the time, and I probably my hair was a little scraggly, and I had grown some facial hair. Mm-hmm. And so I got a nice haircut. I put a suit on. I shaved off. I think I had – some ratty mustache going, I shaved it off. I mm-hmm. get off the plane and I meet two assistant coaches and Coach Matthews who he has the mullet haircut. He's got the 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 you know the the um Fu Manchu uh stash going. He's driving a Harley, he's in blue jeans, and I get off, first thing he says, he looks at me, he goes, Man, you are way too dressed up for me. Nice. <laughs> First that's comment. awesome. Yeah, that's the first thing he said to me. And I'm like, but uh, coach, I just shaved off my, uh, you know, and I'm trying to give excuses. But, no, it, uh, very confident man, and we hit it off right off the bat. And uh, uh, it's funny because during that week he just, um, the assistants told me they weren't sure that 
he could trust that I knew what I knew, but he had no idea what all I had gone through up to this point, as mm -hmm. I described. And, uh, you know, a week or two later, he gives me a call, offers me the job. So, nice. But uh, we, we hit it off right off the bat. Just honored the uh, 97 Argos yep. the other day. 97 Argos play the 95 Stallions. Who wins? Oh, that's always going to be a debate. I, you know I'm going to pick Baltimore. Oh, I know you're going to pick Baltimore. You know, Make what, your I, case. what I go off of is, well, several players were on that, and or coaches uh, were on that Toronto team that came from Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um, you never, you never ever can uh, uh, give up the, the Flutie factor. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Baltimore played Flutie in Calgary, and, mm -hmm. you know, and we won that great cup. But, uh, no, you know, what I look at is um, – there were 14 guys off that uh, Baltimore team that um, went to the NFL. Yeah. And that's unheard of in mm -hmm. one season. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, but you know, you, you, like anything, I could get asked the same question. I've been asked this, and obviously when you're part of a team, yeah. you're going to say that. But uh, they did phenomenal things in the two years here, you know, back-to-back -back championships, just like we did in Montreal. And it's, it's rare. Mm -hmm. It's tough, but to compare – what teams do the best but you know if you take Baltimore there's no team and of course the playoff system was set up differently there's no team that's mm -hmm. ever won 18 games in a season yeah. that team did it so uh if you just look at the different players that were on it uh there's argument that's yeah, fine it's, way, it's always but, a good barroom but, discussion know, but I'll tell you the... I mean you know it, it can't you know the Flutie factor was huge yeah absolutely. I can tell you that I mean he he it was an unbelievable influence to this league, you know, in my era. Yeah. You're listening to the Double Blue Podcast here on TSN 1050. Our guest is Jim Pop. When you went to Montreal, um, I'll be honest, I didn't know if it was going to work um, because I was used to the big cavernous Olympic Stadium and sometimes there were 2,000 people yeah. in there and uh, you could hear the discussions in the stands yeah. between people. I happened to hear about the game going to McGill. And I drove down from Toronto with a couple of friends because we yeah. had to see this right. uh, to see if it would work. And after the game was over, we left and said, you know what? They may have accidentally found something So here. you made it to the playoff game. Yeah, we, against it, BC. We oh, sat, it a, we, and it was a phenomenal game. It was so <laughs> – my, my lasting memory of that was the crowd and how enthusiastic it was. It was crazy. And we're leaving, and they had yeah. the, uh, the beer concessionaires. And, you know, for people who don't know, you're up on top of McGill Hill, and you have to go down to the, yeah. to the subways and walk down this big hill. And there's a girl selling beer – at the end of the game that says, would you like some for the hill? <laughs> That's the kind of party atmosphere that, that was started that day and lasted for a long, a long time, time in Montreal. Um, I know there are so many to choose from, but um, just that overall vibe of that team. Like, how proud are you of that accomplishment? Oh, I am. You know, uh, you saying you didn't know if it would work or wouldn't work. You know, Coach Matthews felt the same way. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he – we all knew Flutie was coming to Toronto. Mm -hmm. And he's like, there's no way I'm going to Montreal. That'll never work. Mm -hmm. For me, it was about the different startup projects I'd been a part of. That, that was like my shtick. I, I wanted to do that. He thought I was crazy. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to be the GM in Toronto, and I said, Coach, I'm going to give this a try. And even after one year, ownership was changed mm -hmm. with Mr. Wettenhall came in, and he calls me again, wants me to be the GM in, in <laughs> Toronto, and, and he got so mad at me. I said, Coach, I'm staying put. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you're crazy. And I said, I, I enjoy doing this. I want this to work. Everybody in Argoland got excited when they saw you at a hockey game with Larry Tannenbaum. <laughs> Had you agreed to come here beforehand, or was that just part of the sales 
sales pitch from Larry. No, no, no. I, I, I'd been here for a week. Mm -hmm. I'd been here for, well, at that point, I don't know how many days, but I'd been here for a few days. Um, actually, uh, Mike had to go to league meetings, Mike Copeland out in Arizona. (laughs) Uh, I was left here, and it was kind of like, you know, stay under the radar. He's in Arizona, and you're here well, in the he's, winter. Well, he's getting on a plane. <laughs> and then next thing you know, uh, uh, Dale Lastman comes in and goes, hey, Larry wants to take you to the hockey game. And I'm like, I thought I was laying low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had um, all met, spoke. Um, I'd been told I was going to be the GM. Uh, we were in the prospects of, uh, you know, me working on Mark coming here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and we went out there, you know, and, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was going to be known at some point, but it wasn't official. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously anything and everything can fall through until something signed but off. But when you were at the game, you pretty well knew that you were going to be here. Well, I, I had been told at that point that I was the GM okay. not to worry about anything. It was just a matter of who we were going to get to be the head coach. And mm-hmm. obviously uh, my goal was to uh, get uh, Mark to, to say yes. And actually at that stage – we were in the prospects of, of working it out to get Mark on a plane to come to Toronto to sit mm-hmm. down and meet everyone. We know about Mark Trussman, the coach. Um, we've got to know his personality a little bit here, but we know nothing about Mark Trussman aside from football, football, football. Tell Argo fans something about Mark Trussman that would surprise them that has nothing to do with football. I, I don't know if it would be a surprise. The first thing I'll say, in which you should know this, you know, Mark really wants to help the person. You know, mm-hmm. take football out of it. That's Fo- it's fo- obvious talking, just yeah. watching him. You know, yeah. Mark uses football as an avenue, yeah. you know, to help teach, but to do the right things. Um, he's really an advocate of, of being a good person and, and treating people the right way and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and preparing yourself. He's, he's just tremendous at that. You know, he's a great speaker mm-hmm. um, uh, when he stands in front of people. And you, if you've never just heard him speak, he's a great speaker. Um, you know, Mark comes in, and again, you'll go, oh, yeah, it makes sense. You know, Mark comes from a musically inclined family, his mom and dad. So it's all about precision. And 100%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and makes he grew sense. up with that, uh, you know, in his household, even though he was, a, you know, uh, obviously a scholarship football player mm-hmm. at the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and he was a quarterback, and Tony Dungy Backing was up a Tony quarterback. Ash, yeah. And, and um, you know, and uh, – you know, it, it just it, it's just one of these things where uh, Mark, you know, also if you don't know this, is a lawyer. You know, he yep. he's yeah. a lawyer and he has yeah. a law degree, and he, that's what he was doing actually at the University of Miami when he latched on with uh, Howard Schellenberger and, and became part of, you know, the lore of all the great the quarterbacks U. Yeah. and the U and. And, and winning and then him moving on to the NFL, which also links him with Bernie Cozart at the Cleveland Browns. So, and, and then he's had this, you know, great way with all the quarterbacks that he's yeah. worked with. And, you know, and he, he's always been in some really challenging situations. I, I learned that when we hired him in Montreal. He'd never been a head coach, but almost everywhere he had been, he was kind of brought in to help work out yeah. troubled places mm-hmm. as a coordinator yeah. and not just building something from the ground or being in a great situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think he'd been against a lot of adversity, but he's a person that um, has probably rebuilt himself several times. And, mm-hmm. and um, he, he's a real, he's, he's, a, he's a student. I can tell mm-hmm. you that he, he wants feedback. You know, he wants me personally 
and he did it for five years in Montreal, mm -hmm. and we do it here. He wants me to critique him every game. He wants me to tell him what he can do uh, better. Interesting. And he really works at that, not just from me, but from others. And he does, he's not a know-it-all. He's not mm -hmm. someone that's going to – no matter how much he comes across that he is the brilliant mind and, and does things. But what makes him so brilliant and, and do well is the fact that he's always learning. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he is the student as much as he's the teacher. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending uh, so much time. Uh, continued success. So far, so good here with the Argos. Uh, keep it going. We, did, we didn't have enough time to get into this year. Maybe we can do that in a future episode. Perfect. I, I enjoy it. And uh, you keep doing what you're doing. You do a fabulous job. You're really great That's, at doing this. Thank you very much. Yeah, That's very thank kind. You. Thank you. Okay. Welcome back to the uh, Argos Double Blue Podcast. And yes. uh, joining us in the hot seat, so to speak, <laughs> a quasi Wusu Ansaw. Yes. yes. Nice win. Uh, against Thanks. Ottawa, it must, it must feel pretty good to get that one out of the way. Absolutely. Whenever you can uh, get a big time, <coughs> excuse me, um, close win like that, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's what you play for and it's what brings teams together to, uh, you know, you need to, you need to get those, those, gut, those gut check wins, you know what I'm saying, to, to make your team uh, bond closer and, and know how to win, most importantly, because it's all about winning. So mm -hmm. it's a huge, huge win. We'll take it. We've talked about this before, but for those who don't know your story, yes. uh, your name isn't Joe Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when you came here, people saw the name and saw the background and went, okay, there's got to be an interesting story here. Yes. What the story on the name is? Yes, so my family is uh, Ghanaian, which is a uh, country is Ghana, which is in West Africa. Mm -hmm. So uh, both my parents were born there. I was um, born in Gainesville, Florida, but raised in Columbus, Ohio. So Owusu-Wansa is a Ghanaian name. Akwasi is, uh, means Sunday born. So mm -hmm. each day of the week in Ghana, they have different names. So uh, for instance, my older brother's name is Kofi. That means Friday. Okay. And, uh, so Akwasi is Sunday. So there are a whole lot of Akwasis out there. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was going to ask you if you've made it back, but there's a website out there, that, and there's a photograph that you have taken on the website. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. But you've been back to Ghana. Yes, yes, What yes. was that like the first time? Oh, man, that was awesome. It was, it was an incredible experience just to see uh, a whole different side, just to see your, your home roots and culture mm -hmm. and see how, how things are and uh, the people, the food, and, and everything. I mean, it was an amazing experience. The first time back, did you go with family or did you go on your own? I went with family. I went with my mom. So they were able to kind of say, this is where you know, we yeah. were and this is where yes. our house was. And yes, yes. This is where we grew up. This is so-and-so. I met a lot of family for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so me and my mom went and it, it, was, it, was, it was an awesome experience. So we were able to see, um, you know, this is where... I grew up. This is where you know all that stuff. No, so. you travel a lot, right? Like that's a I passion do. of yours. I do. I what, do. What's unique about Ghana from some of the other places that you've been to? Oh man, what's unique? Oh uh, man, that's a good question. I, I think there's a lot of different aspects of it that's unique. Uh, I know. I don't know if you heard of Cape Coast, uh, which is a no. popular destination. Is where uh, a lot of the slaves were brought from um, Cape Coast. To, United to the States U.S., and, yeah. Okay. So it's a big uh, memorial thing they have. It's still a castle there, and they wow. still have a lot of stuff labeled there that you can see. Um, you know, but other than that, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of unique stuff, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's awesome. So you, you grew up, as you mentioned, in Columbus. A um, mm -hmm. little bit of a college football tradition in Columbus. Yes. Um, was there pressure because of, you know, this big shadow that is Ohio State that uh, you wanted to start playing football, and that was kind of the dream as a high school player? Um, not really. It wasn't no shadow. My first sport I played was soccer. Okay. Uh, which is popular African sport. <laughs> Were you any good? I was all right. Okay. I was all right. I played one year, but football is so huge in the U.S. You naturally 
gravitate towards football. You see it on TV, all the players on TV, so you naturally like, okay, this is a sport I want to play. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I quickly gravitated towards football, and I didn't have no big pressure of you know, going to Ohio State, but any high school kid wants to play for Ohio State. That's, sure. That's oh, our, absolutely. Yeah, that's our NFL team. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, um, if, 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 if you have an opportunity to be recruited by Ohio State, that's where you want to go. So I was big fans of Posey. You know, oh. and, uh, I, I know if you don't remember Brian Rowe. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, he, I was a big fan of him. You know, saying so, I'm a big fan of Ohio State guys still, even though I didn't go there. I had him and uh, Kenny Shaw in uh, doing an interview at the same time, and had them debate which team would win, oh, uh, wow. Shaw's national championship team or uh, Rowe's uh, team that got there. Oh, wow! It was fun. It was, wow. it was a lot of trash talk going on. So uh, that I was can fun. imagine. I can imagine. So uh, don't take this the wrong way. Yeah. But you didn't play at a major D1 school. You make it to the NFL, but yes. were, how good were you in high school? Were, were you a late bloomer, or were, not, was it just things didn't sort yeah, of go Not away? necessarily. I had some – I had some uh, – I some I was I was a good player. I, I had a I was I was a running back slash safety. Mm-hmm. Um, more most of my highlights were more running back. But at the time, I didn't realize how important football camps were. A lot of high school. Oh, yeah. okay, sure. So I don't know how the culture is here in Canada. It's getting there, but yeah. it's not close to what it is down there. Yeah. So like you're around your junior year, even before, but your junior year going into your senior year, you want to take that summer to hit a lot of football camps to kind of get your name out there if you're not going to a major school. Mm-hmm. So I went to a city school in Columbus. It wasn't that a lot of recruits came out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that football circuit is important to getting your name out there and, and seeing coaches, seeing how you move, who you are, boom, sure. boom. You know, my stats spoke for itself. I had very good stats. Um, you know, I had a, a game over 400 yards total, you know, like five touchdowns, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, city schools didn't don't get a lot of recruits. Mm-hmm. So – um, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, physically I was still a late bloomer. I think I was about like a four or five guy. I went to Ohio State camp. That was the only camp I went to, but they mm-hmm. had top athletes there, I remember. Sure. And uh, I was like a four or five guy. So, throughout college is where I definitely grew, grew better. You're listening to the Double Blue Podcast here on TSN 1050. Joining us is defensive back Akwazi Awusu-Ansaw. Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. I will be honest. Until yes. you got here, I had never heard of it. Yes. Hey, that's, that's fine. <laughs> when, when's the first time that you heard of it? Was, was it a letter that you received, or did you know about the school when you were in high school? I didn't, I didn't know about the school either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the, at the time, the head coach, Lou Tepper, he, he was a pretty popular coach. He was a former head coach of Illinois. Okay. I want to say he won a national championship, but I don't want to quote that. But sure. I know he was a head coach of Illinois. But – Long story short, he was a head coach of a school called Edinburgh, which is in the same yeah. conference. And um, Trevor Harris. Yes, yeah. yes, Trevor Harris, yes. So Trevor Harris played for Lou Tepper. So at the time, they recruited me to go to Edinburgh, but during that same summer, he got the head coaching job at IUP. Okay. So I took a visit to Edinburgh um, after he left, and I took another visit to IUP, mm-hmm. and it's filling up IUP. So what was it about the school that uh, was right for you? It felt like a college campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other visits I went on, I didn't feel like I was in college. Being in a smaller school, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't have that feel. So when I went to IUP, I was like, okay, this this feels like what college is supposed to feel like. At what point did you think I might get drafted? Was it senior year, junior year? Like, did you develop no, quickly? So or? my NFL dreams happened literally. The summer before my senior year really? in college, so uh, I got a call from an agent that summer going into my senior year of football, and <laughs> I still remember to the day like back of my hand. I was I was at my mom's house home for the summer for school. Got a call. He was like, "Hey, 
my name is so and so. Um, you know, I'm looking to represent you for this next summer year. And I said, What? <laughs> he was like, uh, Yeah. He was like, You're about to be. He was like, Your name is on the map. And I said, Are you serious? And he was like, Yeah. He was like, Your name is on the complete map. Complete surprise to you. Complete, complete surprise. I didn't realize it was that serious and that big. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from that call, man, I was getting calls all all season and stuff like that. So you must have been happy with your combine. Oh yeah, because that, that real that moved you from being somebody on the map to, okay, this is not a second day guy. This is this is a guy who might go a little higher than maybe people are. Expecting. Yeah, so I had a, a huge junior year in college, uh, a very successful junior year. Then uh, we had uh, they had like two guys come in, and like we ran like a forty and stuff like on and IUP we don't have indoor facilities. So I remember <laughs> I ran my forty on like floor like this, and, uh, and I, it was a good time then. So. Um, yeah, so going to just that that NFL combine was huge, and then I had a pro day at Ohio mm-hmm. State. I was able to do my pro day at okay. Ohio State, and I, I, that also helped me. So, so you get drafted by Dallas. Um, what's the culture shock like going from a D two school to Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys? Oh man, it's a big time. I man. can imagine. That's <laughs> it's, it's like Hollywood. It, it, all the media, all the fans. Um, you know, you're, you're literally Cowboys are like a celebrity team. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it was it was definitely a culture shock. I remember walking in, and one of the players I admired was Terrence Newman, who's still a good yeah. friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a sixth overall pick in his draft. So I remember the first time I seen my locker was right next to his. But it, that literally goes away. Being starstruck for me literally goes away probably within the next within two weeks, two to three sure. weeks, just because you realize they're just. Same, same blood, same fresh uh, flesh, uh, you know, same people as you, you know what I mean? So, but it was, it was awesome. I'll never forget uh, going. It's first time walking into that stadium and seeing the screen. I actually have a picture of that, and Jerry Jones signed it. Nice. The first time looking up, so it was pretty sweet. Did, uh, did you get Romo in a practice? Did I pick did him? Did you pick him? I don't know. I, I want to say yeah. Because I'm, th- I'm thinking <laughs> is if you get him in a practice, yeah. there must be, okay. Yeah, I just did that yeah, because yeah. you're you're not com- like again you're not coming from a major D one school and, yeah. and and you're kind of starstruck. Yeah, you do something like that in a practice or you you know you, you, yeah. you sack somebody or whatever the the, the yeah. drill may be. Yeah, that yeah. must it, like you say they're they're, they're flesh their blood. Yeah, like yeah, you. it's like okay we're 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 all on the same level play, level playing field. Nobody has an extra chromosome just because <laughs> you know you went to you went to D one school and yeah. you know I went D two. So you quickly realize like you could play with these guys for sure. Now, they used to be pretty quickly, right? They were using out as a kickoff returner. Correct? Yes, I was I was a starting kick returner and punt returner. And then you hurt your ankle. Yes. Was it a serious ankle injury? or High what? ankle sprain. Oh, so that's okay. Yeah, high ankle sprain. I was placed on IR. How much did that set you back? Because it looked like you were moving in the right direction down there. Yeah, uh, I mean, that season as a team, as a whole, we, we, we didn't do too well. I think we started off pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we lost a lot of games early on. So the point to where I got hurt, um, of course, that sent me back because you're not with the team playing. And then they fired our head coach and, yeah. and a lot of our coaching staff. So it was a whole re- rebuilding process. And when, once that rebuilding process starts, you have to find your niche quickly mm-hmm. or, you know, they're going to keep shuffling, you know, and rebuilding. So Now, you've talked about uh, how much you love the sport. For everybody, the sport eventually ends. Yes. Now, you've already got some passions that you're working on, sort of a post-career career, as it were, which hopefully yeah. is like 10 years from now. Yes, hopefully, but, hopefully. But uh, uh, photography, art, 
Uh, you've yes. got a, tell me about your website. Yeah, yeah. So I have an art website. It's called liveabstract.com, which is a free online platform for artists mm-hmm. to, uh, to connect with art enthusiasts. So it's kind of like uh, if you're an artist, you can go in there and um, post your online gallery. And uh, gives an opportunity for art fans or art enthusiasts or other artists to connect. Say, hey, I like what you're doing. Um, so it's a site. It's, it's slowly. I'm, I'll, eventually, I want to make it uh, an e-commerce site where you can purchase art directly oh, nice. through it. Sure. Um, obviously, that's a process, and uh, yeah. you know stuff like that. But yeah, I have a strong passion for art. It was a uh, long lifelong. Like when you were a kid, were you into this, or did this come later on? Came came later on. I kind of uh, I don't do art myself, but it's kind of one of the things that you just learn to appreciate being mm-hmm. able to take a, a picture and have so much uh, feeling and and had to take for one picture be able to tell a story mm-hmm. and um, my, one of my good friends he's, he's an artist himself and he was my teammate and roommate mm-hmm. so I would see him do art and uh, it's, it's a it's a uh, unique balance for being an, an aggressive football player and someone who can you know do art mm-hmm. so uh, seeing him and inspired me and I wanted to help him to, to live his dream and be able to sell art so that was kind of like the foundation of why I even started Live Abstract. Argos are a little lucky. They've got Joanne as, uh, as an artist, as a photographer. Have you talked to yeah. her? She takes pho- phenomenal photographs. Oh, man, she's Have awesome. you talked to her about technique and stuff like that, or have you not been able to pick her brain yet? Yeah, I haven't been able to pick her brain, but I remember uh, last year I, I kind of was, because um, I was hurt, so I had a lot more time to like yeah. talk yeah. to her and see what, how she does, and I, I heard a little bit about her story about how she got to where she's at. So I think she's awesome. Um, but I watch her from afar for sure. She's definitely on point. She has like, like she has all this stuff, you know, over her shoulder yeah. and ready to switch lenses. Like it's, you know, so, but she's awesome for sure. So is that something you want to, you want to continue that after football? Or? Um, as far as the photography avenue, I do it really as a hobby. I don't, okay. I don't see it now as, as being something I want to do full time as like what Johnny does. Yeah. But uh, it's, I, I enjoy like, you know, going, and, and, and doing like street photography, taking pictures randomly. So it's more of a hobby for me, but we'll see in the future. You got to get football out of your brain at some point, right? Because yeah. you're seeing, you're watching video all the time and you're here at the facility so exactly. long, you've got to do something to, to cleanse the palate. Exactly, exactly. Especially when you, when you do it long term. So yeah. you definitely need something else. Well, I hope you continue to do it long term and, and continued success. You're, you're, you're playing fantastic. It's great to have you back in the Thank lineup you. and uh, go get Saskatchewan. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. For sure. Awesome. Thanks. Great job. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Our thanks to Jim Pop and to Akwazi Owusu Ansaw for joining us here on the Double Blue Podcast. Uh, we will have the game for you from Regina on Saturday here on TSN 1050. Our thanks to our producer, Jacob Dearlove, and thanks to you for listening. Uh, continue following the Toronto Argonauts all season long right here on the home of the Double Blue. This is TSN 1050.